Christmas has a lot of themes, right? Distractions, and it is easy to miss the point. You know, tonight we showed that again. We showed it a few weeks ago. But one of the reasons I wanted to show it, because we're not trying to be cute or just trying to be funny. We just want to make sure you know that the baby Jesus, that the walk on water Jesus, that the cross Jesus, that the Jesus that lives in my heart Jesus, they're all the same guy. And that's the reason why we come tonight. The meaning of the birth of Jesus really hinges on whether or not he is the one that was resurrected. Or he's just another guy that was born. That's it. Now, since I believe that Jesus not only died on the cross, is resurrected, and lives in my heart, one of the most confusing things for me, you may have come tonight confused like that guy, not knowing it was all put together. Well, the most confusing thing for me is because I'm convinced of all those things. Most confusing thing to me is, is that he left us to get his message out. <laughs> we are plan A, and there is no plan B. That's confusing to me because I just don't think it's a good plan. <laughs> I know us well enough, I know all it, so it is confusing that the whole birth thing, death and resurrection and ascension are extremely vulnerable because they're in our hands. Luke 23, 35 through 38 says this, the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. As Jesus is hanging there on the cross. And they said, he saved others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine and vinegar. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. And we look at Jesus on the cross and we see a man, as we read that description, we get a visual that we see a man very vulnerable, beaten, stripped naked, hanging in public view until dead. Surely, there was never a moment in Jesus' life that he was more vulnerable than that moment. Unless we read Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to, to, the, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who had, was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Is there anything more intimate in that knowing when a child is born into your home that you have this instantaneous love for them? There was nothing earned, nothing deserved, but somehow or another God expands you all of a sudden to take in this child into your home and there is this overwhelming, extravagant love in that moment. Well, at least that's the way it's supposed to work. One thing for sure is a baby is vulnerable. 
Your children are vulnerable <laughs> because they're under your watch. But God, a baby, the ultimate vulnerability is the story of Christmas. Is it God as a baby dependent on others to get him to manhood? It is the ultimate vulnerability. God surrendering himself to become a man, but having to trust a man and a woman to take care of him, to feed him, to protect him, to teach him. Was Jesus ever more vulnerable than this? Well, here at Renovation, we talk about two kinds of vulnerability. One of them is from the weak position, and one of them is from the strong position. Jesus, as a baby, was very vulnerable from the weak position. Totally dependent on others. And if they don't come through, he is done. And by the way, with Jesus, if they don't come through, not only is he done, we done. (laughs) But you you may know that feeling tonight. Circumstances may be in your life where you're vulnerable from the weak position. If you miss another paycheck... You lose your house. If there's another argument between you and your spouse, that marriage may be over. You're vulnerable from the weak. If something else happens, you could be in trouble. However, there is that vulnerable from the strong. And that's when a person intentionally makes themselves vulnerable for the good of others, for the good of the mission. First off, they grasp the mission, what is it? Then they make themselves vulnerable for that mission. We use it in uncommon training, talking about a walk-in-front leader is a person, it's kind of like in a military term, a point person who is out front. They are leading their their company. They're leading them through the, the harrowing places they should go, but they understand their mission. And it's not because of what the hate is for that in front of them, because they don't hate that. It's for the love of those behind them, that they are strong and courageous. They're willing to expose themselves for the good of others. That's vulnerable from the strong. Both vulnerable. Jesus says, John 10, 18, no one takes my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. So when we look at the cross, I I see somebody vulnerable, but I don't see anybody weak. Do you? No, he intentionally put himself in that place for the good of all of us. That's different. As a believer, Christ will lead you to be more generous, I believe, with all my heart. He will change you to have this heart of generosity. The problem sometimes with generosity, right, is that some people, if you're not careful, you'll become vulnerable that some people could take advantage of you. But here's the deal. 
If you're following after him and you're secure in who you are in him, and you're discerning and you've got wisdom to do and the ears to hear and the eyes to see what God is showing you, you're willing to take that risk, aren't you? Because you're not, you're not doing it from the weak position. You're doing it from the strong position. You're doing it for the edify God and to, to glorify God and to edify others, to reach them and to bring them in to a greater way. I love what Edward Yarnell say, or Yarnell says. We are made in God's image, and he willingly sacrificed himself for us. The more we come to know God, the more we understand our true nature the more natural self-sacrifice will become for us. Maybe vulnerability is a true strength. Maybe sacrificing yourself for the good of others is not a sign of weakness, but it is the greatest power the world ever knows. Last week we talked about John the Baptist. Man, he was, put, he was, a, he was a walking front leader, man. He put himself out there for the good of Christ's coming. And his mission was to prepare the way for the light. This light, Jesus, as we talk about, as most of you know, my, my life verse in John 10, 10, this light, Jesus Christ has come that we may have life, Zoe, we may have life and have it to the full, abundantly. Not just barely scraping by, but living into its fullness. But some of you may be more like me. When I was, before I was saved in 1986, at 27 years old. As I said yesterday, I didn't know what the first book of the Bible was when I gave my life to Christ. He actually doesn't require that, just so you know. He doesn't require you even know there is a Bible. <laughs> but you may have been a lot like me. I prayed to God. I prayed to God to change my circumstances. And many times I even made deals with him. Any of you ever made deals with God? (laughs) I prayed that God would change my circumstances. And what I ultimately found out was God might change my circumstances, but what he wants to change and transform more than anything else is me. Because your circumstances may not change. Because in 1986, I realized that I was getting an invitation to a life. To a life that I didn't even know existed. It was going on around me. This divine drama was happening around me. And I didn't even know it. But I stepped into that. And all of a sudden this new world showed up. This new adventure, this great adventure that God has for me. I never imagined I would go to the places and do the things. That I've been able to do. But there was already, that story was already going on. The story didn't start the day I got saved. It was already happening. You know, the day you come to know that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life is not the day he became the way, the truth, and the life. He already was the way, the truth, and the life, and you just now figured it out. You get in on something. And man, you go, man, I'll never go back if you get the real deal. You won't ever go back. A few years ago, uh, quite a few years ago, I used to be a youth pastor, and one of the things we did inside the Church of the Nazarene is we went to uh, Six Flags, Magic Mountain, and Santa Clarita often 
or every year, and, and, and the Point Loma Nazarene University used to reserve it on a Friday night, and we would go, uh, and it was awesome. So, but our, my kids, our four kids, uh, Colton being the youngest, we would go every year. I, I didn't drag them along. They wanted to go. I drugged myself because I'm not as big on it as they are. But we would go. But one of the things Jan and I would do would, is we would stay, with, especially the smaller ones where they were not 48 inches yet, we'd stay in Looney Tune land. Then I became a pastor, and I realized I was, I could go to Looney Tune land. No, just kidding. No, but... But back up a second here. That was, that was not my notes. But we would go every year, Looney Tune Land, Looney Tune Land. Well, about 2005, Tori had already moved up into the 48 and older. And then all of a sudden, Colton, 2005, he is trying to get to that 48 inches, you know. I don't, most of you don't know, Colton grew about a foot uh, in his junior year of high school. He wasn't much over 48 inches when he started high school, to be honest with you. That is the truth. Like he was 5'1 and 89 pounds. That's the truth. 2005, though, we got there, and man, he was pumped because he thought he was going to get to that 48 inches, and he did. Okay, it was just me. Jan didn't go that year. It was just me and Colton uh, and, and the rest of the youth group. So, so we went to Looney Tune Land first. We rode through the things, and then because he was kind of working his way up, then we went to Superman and Goliath. Yeah, man, it was awesome. It was awesome. I like speed, okay? I really like speed. So Superman was my kind of deal. I don't like being jerked around as much, uh, but Superman is my kind of deal. So after we got off those, we went back to, uh, to Looney Tune Land. Colton rode the little roller coaster. He got off, and I said, hey, bud, how was he? He said, Dad, just got to tell you, when you've been on Superman and Goliath, you can't go back to Looney Tune Land. <laughs> Yeah, we worked our way up to X before it was all over with. He spoke something so deeply spiritual in that moment, he had no idea what he was saying. There's so much more. If you're still worshiping the baby Jesus, that's good. I think you should worship the baby Jesus. But let me tell you, there have been a lot of men born. There's only been one who died for you, shed his blood for you, and was raised again and can live in your heart. Only one. And that's the one that transforms you. That's the one that changes you. As I told you guys yesterday, if, when Jan and I got married 33 years ago, when we got married, I, I, if I had been counseling her, her as her pastor and I wasn't a Christian, I would have told her, do not marry this guy. That's exactly what I would have told her. Run for the hills. Get out of here. But I can guarantee you the last 32 years when I gave, after I gave my life to Christ a year in, I've been trying to do everything I can to be the man she should be married to. And God has transforming, and he is transforming me. That is the God that causes you to become the type of leader and desire to walk in front because you're wanting to be like him. We talk about it all the time here at Renovation. We want to raise up influencers, but we don't want to raise up any influencers to act like us. We want to raise up influencers who act more like Jesus. Could there be a greater gift that you could give your family this year? 
and I'm not, I'm telling you there's not. Because in 1986, I gave the greatest gift to Jan and at that time only Sydney. And I gave my life to Christ. And I meant it. I mean, he, God put a tattoo on me that, or marking that Ajax won't tell you off. I'm just telling you. I'm as fired up today as I was then, if not more. Because the longer you walk with him, the more you love him. And the more you love him, the more you desire to do everything he asks you to do. You also realize when he asks you to love others. It's that old saying I heard years ago, I think from my friend, Brother Paul Sr. When you're good to others, you always best to yourself. That's the kind of people we want to be. I'm going to ask Josiah and them to come as we begin to close the service. I'm going to pray for us. The greatest gift, as we talked about yesterday, is to commit. The greatest gift is to make a promise. The greatest gift that you can give your family is to have no question in your mind and in theirs (laughs) that you have been transformed. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you now for moments like this where we gather together Knowing the end of the story. <laughs> There's sometimes, Lord, I know uh, when I watch ball games, my favorite teams, it's more enjoyable when I already know my team won when I DVR it. <laughs> You've done it all. There's no more else for us to do except to step into it and begin to live into it and begin to allow you to do the things in us that open us up to a divine drama, a story that's been going on around us that we begin to step into and begin to live under our role into the fullness of it. Lord, help us tonight as we celebrate even these last few minutes and lighting of the candle to be able to say to the world, you are the light of the world and we as a people that a city on a hill cannot should not be hidden let us be those people Lord we pray this in your name amen amen if you have your candle I don't know if everybody get one Vince is there a couple more might could help us here if you don't have a candle could you raise your hand raise your hand for anybody stands up just raise your hand We'd love for you to be a part of this if you, if you can, if you don't have one. And we are going to celebrate this closing of this Christmas Eve service with our brother, like our brothers and sisters do around the world. There is something pretty special about this. I can tell you tonight, around the world, this is happening. Jesus is alive. I don't care what that candle does. <laughs> got to get out of the air conditioner. That's what I got to get out of. Josiah is going to lead us in silent night. And if you would, we're going to turn the lights down. I know it's a little earlier than last year, so I don't know how dark it'll be, but it's all right. But we want to close with our lighting our candles. Won't you go ahead and stand if you can, if you'd join me.
And if you would, I'm going to start right here and start a few of them. If you would make sure and hand that light off as you go around the room. Is that okay? Everybody cool with that? Okay. Here we go. Hey, Josiah. 